The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Today, it's Scott and Jess and Shree. I'm so excited. All right, you guys, welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast. Happy Wednesday. Happy December. We are rolling into the holidays. Today, we have our very, very, very special friend, Sriharsa Pradhan on, and we are going to talk about him and his journey with his working dog. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right, in keeping with our holiday theme, you guys, my quirky tip for today is 10% off all Sustenance Herbs products. We had Sustenance Herbs owners, John and Joyce, on the podcast. That podcast is linked in the description. Many viewers and listeners were like, oh my God, I love their products. It's amazing. So with Quirky 10, you guys are going to get a 10% discount off of everything, excluding Boar Alamune and the treats that they offer. This offer ends 12-13, so you only have a week to take action. And remember, we have a lot of great stuff that we gave throughout the whole holiday. I'll link all that in the description as well. November was 20% off Natural Dog, uh, $25 autographed and personalized book, Super Dog Tricks by Sarah Carson. Of course, Dawn's offer at Portrait Couture that I've talked about many times. Farmhound's Black Friday sale is over. You missed it. And last week was Havoc Your Way, 15% off. So please take action on these holiday deals. They're great discounts and products that we love and trust. Shri, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Scott. Shri is like really one of our best friends. He's the most professional friend we have. <laughs> Scott said on the way here, Shri's one of my favorite people. And today it's exciting because this is your first cigar. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I introduced uh, Shri to cigars today. We have a Perdomo 30th anniversary, sun grown, a little bit on the stronger side. <laughs> But Shri has a good palate, and he's been uh, picking up all the flavors and telling us all about it. Yeah, everyone's also, very impressed by Shri here. He's a big wine person with the sommelier training. And our um, champagne from uh, Nat and Pete, the Cosadars, from um, our Chris, our 200th episode, we're going to share today, me and Shri, because Shri has a fine palate for champagne as well. So we're going to open that up for me to take part. So, sweetie, you wanted to have him on to discuss... This whole journey, because he's owned a pretty serious working dog, and he's been mostly a companion. You know, the first couple years of his life, he did do some French ring, but he's been a companion, and Shree's done a very good job owning this dog responsibly. Yeah, he has a a nice uh, male Malinois who's 11 years old now, I believe. He got from a reputable breeder who um, sold the puppy to him under the pretense that he would be working the dog and, um, you know, putting some good control on him and also you know, doing the traditional dog sports that we all love to do with Malinois. And uh, Shri jumped in with both feet and uh, did a great job. Did a lot of training for two or three years in the beginning and uh, was out on the trial field and, and just did a good job with the dog. But more importantly than that, the dog is a companion animal in the sense that he lives in the house and he just, he treats him like a, basically like a Labrador retriever. <laughs> and he's respectful of who the dog is. He knows that, you know, he, like when people come over, he's making sure that dog is on a bed and he's keeping up with the training. But he's Very done true. an outstanding job because, you know, 11 years with a Malinois, having never had one before, 
and not having some kind of police report or some kind of problem <laughs> or having your couch torn apart is a big thing. And uh, you've handled it responsibly and not only handled it responsibly, but for the long haul. We're 11 years in yeah. with this dog. Yeah. You know, yep. and uh, we go over there and the dog loves us and we got some videos we'll show later of yeah. him just we being, board the dog being a silly dog. Yeah, he, he's like a social, Scott says Labrador, he's like a doodle. He's, he's a got very a, social He's dog. got a really nice temperament. Yeah. Really nice temperament. You know, the, the breeder did a great job with him. And uh, and so did Shree. I mean, that's yes. that's why we want to have him on. And uh, The next Mal I get, I got to have Shree raise him for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're exactly. done with Mal. So why the heck did you want a Mal in law in the first place? Because I have a very high energy individual I'm, I'm my I'm Myself, I'm a very high-energy individual, and uh, Malona will fit in my lifestyle because I always go, 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 Mm -hmm. and they are smart. Um, They can pick up commands very easily, and I I believe, based on your training, you can make the dog a police dog, or you can make a good pet as long as the boundaries are maintained. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. Everything has to have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you've done a brilliant job with him. So tell us a little bit about your French ring training, because that's how you first met Scott and how you first came into our life. So uh, I think the most important thing is that once you decide to have a companion animal, which is uh, essentially a working breed from a strong working breed, you have to find out what are the positive aspects and what are the negative aspects. And I thought there is a lot many negative aspects than positive aspects. Then can you live with that? Do you have the proper training methods? Do you have the people who can train? Or can you manage that? It has to be all choreographed in your life. And from my basic understanding, I knew at that time, first I have to understand what it is. So I went to... About for a good six, seven months to Scott. Yeah, you came Jess, without a dog. Uh, without a dog. <laughs> yeah, he just observed. He was and, a very good student. <laughs> and, and I spent evening hours, um, morning, weekend, just learning, 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 because I really wanted to know what the hell I am getting into. <laughs> and, and during that time, I've had other people do the same thing. I am constantly trying to discourage them from getting a puppy. Like, this is a lot of responsibility, and it's, you know, a, a lot of times people get get into this sport as a hobby and then they realize they don't really enjoy the hobby and now they have this dog that's trained to bite that they're going to have for another 10 years what am I going to do with this dog you know so that's the thing it's like I don't want someone to get a dog based on me being there for them for the next 15 years I'm not going to be there for them for the next 15 years who knows I could you know I get injured things happen I move so you need to be prepared when you get a, a working puppy and there's a local club that you're planning to go to. You need to have an alternative plan if that club dissolves, yes. if that trainer is no longer available to you. That's a good point Where to am bring I going up. next? That's a good point I to bring up. I need to keep that dog Because there is a lot of turnover working. in working dog clubs and sure. the working dog world. Yeah. Go ahead, Shree. Yeah. So, so then after the first six months, I realized that I have the right kind of environment, right kind of training methods. Then I wanted to find out, can I get a dog that fits my lifestyle from proper genetic stock? So... To Being cut the, the scientist that he is. This, <laughs> is, this is the most logical approach any human could have to getting a puppy. Exactly. Go ahead. So then I I've started looking for proper lineage of dogs, either male and female. Then I came to know um, the breeder, 
This is what was making me nervous. He's picking like some super strong dog. He's like, I'm getting a puppy out of this dog. I'm thinking, oh my God. And, and you'd never owned a Malinois before. No, yeah, no, this, no, yeah, no. This is not, and, this and, isn't like he was a seasoned and, Malinois. And the father had all the titles and he was probably one of the big badass dog on the planet. And, and, and he is, that's no exaggeration. Yeah. Dog and, is a great dog. And, and mom was also pretty. Yeah, very pretty, nice dog. Pretty, yeah, pretty, strong. And she was very strong, strong too. Yeah. So I don't think even the breeder thought I can handle that, but somehow I managed to convince her, I guess. <laughs> well, and she did know that you were going to be working with us, but tell us a bit about your French ring journey, because this is a weird thing to want to pick up this extraneous dog sport and really go all in, hook, line, and sinker. Because I thought if you are training a dog, you have to somewhere trial the dog too, so that you know in presence of other place, where do you stand exactly? And that's a very important thing. I mean, you can pat your back after a little training and walking down the, um, the sidewalk. Oh, I have done a great job. But no, that's not the case. You have to have... She's very competitive. <laughs> that competitive spirit to know, am I doing everything right? And if you're not doing anything right, go back to your trainer and say, hey, this is where I'm fumbling. I had those moments too. I, mean, yeah. I have plenty of those moments. Well, I've had plenty of them myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I'm fumbling. <laughs> and the best thing is the journey. Any journey you take, you are going to fall down, and you have to pick up yourself, learn to fix the problem, then move ahead. And and that is how I got into the French ring, and we trialed. And and you did. The, you were trialed successfully. You did yeah, very well. Absolutely, and and I enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, you have to have that time commitment for all these things. I mean, how much time were we talking about? Just at ballpark weekly, how much time were you spending working with this dog? Because you got a full time professional career that's very demanding. Right. And then you got this dog. So that's my second job. Actually. Yes. It was a second it, job. It, uh, it really is like that. It's I mean, crazy. I would say minimum of 10 hours a week. You were oh, dedicated. Oh, no, way more than yeah. 10 hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I never took him out in the morning without doing half an hour obedience. Yeah. And in the same thing in the evening, and many evening I used to drive to uh, the Yeah, that's true. Train. You had travel time. Yeah. And weekends also. Yeah. Request, uh, no, you, so. were, you were very dedicated. And you, you went in hook, line, and sinker. And he was living in um, a situation. Twee, she was home when he first came, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. my daughter so was, was there. it was Shree and his daughter. And he needed to also be a social family member. So How old, excuse me, how old was Twee when you got the puppy? She was 16, 17? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. She wasn't late, a baby, but she was a yeah, teenager. Late teenager. So, yeah. Shri had a lot of, you know, balls in the air, and he had to really make sure that he was doing this responsibly. And it was a big responsibility that you were taking on. And he wasn't an easy dog. It's not like he was a real no. deluded Malinois. He is a no. strong dog. So, tell us a little bit. I'm just interested from my perspective because you've had such an extensive history. Did that go out? Scott will let it. Yeah, I got to go. Too bad. I got Shree drinking champagne. His cigar went out. We got a lot going on up here. We're having yeah. him talk into the headset. So, you have done the science thing. You're a hardcore scientist. You've done the wine thing. That's another thing that you've dedicated a lot of time to. What did you learn through dogs that was different than other disciplines that you've been dealing with before? <laughs> I mean, simple answer is. My dog made me a better human. I mean, <laughs> that's, that, nice that, that's, I can tell you one and thing. And there was a lot of room for improvement when I met you. Boy. <laughs> and and, yeah, and because, because that is nowhere. There we go. That is no way you can um, have a working dog 
and not understand the dog because if you make mistake, probably you will get bit too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they're a little more unforgiving than some. Yeah. Yeah. For a human, you can actually talk to the human if it is doing something wrong or if you don't like something. For a dog, you have to understand the dog actually. And that doesn't happen overnight. You have to understand the mood, you understand the behavior. And luckily, I had the best trainer uh, with unapologetically, I'm trying to... Uh, <laughs> What are you guys? We now? were also the only trainer. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. We didn't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> no, that's interesting. I didn't think that would be your answer. So Tej made you a better human. I like that. Um, so then you did sports for how long? Like two or three years? It was about three and a half a year, yeah, roughly. Yeah. So three yeah. to four years, and then basically for the past you know, seven to eight years of his life, he's been mostly a pet. And I mean, Shri has these elaborate parties where, you know, there's multiple yeah. courses and <clears throat> wine and a ton of people in he his house. 20 to 30 drunk people yeah. in his house. Today. <laughs> and, and nobody and then, has got bitten. No, and the dog yeah. is social, but you're taking a lot of precautions right. and you're, you're very careful about how you handle the dog. So speak to that a little bit about what it is like and what kind of, you know, general rules you have in your household and everything else to keep things safe. I mean, I mean one of the major things of living with him is that the guests are mine, not his guests. Okay. So as soon as the guests enter to the, from the front door of the house only, uh, it's, he's not supposed to go and greet them. It's, I greet them. He has to be on the bed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it says, stay uh, position where the dog is staying. And then I allow the dog to interact with individual I feel they can handle. Not so that, it doesn't meet everyone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so essentially, there are people who are afraid of dogs. There are people who do not like dogs. And there is no reason for them to be interacting with him. Yep. Like I have people, my neighbors, uh, when they come home, yes, they have. they will go and pet him and he will flip over and so as my lab people when they come. But then there are people who are very afraid of dogs. Then there's no point in interacting with a dog that they don't like and they're afraid of. Yeah. Because that just, that way, if I allow that, I'm letting my dog down, actually. Yeah, in that's In many, many respects. That's true. Because there is no mutual trust at yeah. that point. So you have to be very selective. Yeah. In, very uh, insightful, Shri. Yeah. That's true. No, and, and he's right. It's not only disrespectful to the dog, but it's also giving a dog... With a lot of strength, um, a lot of bite pressure and everything else, the upper hand, you know, if he's sensing this instability. So that's true. So the guests are Shree's guests. I love that. He's not, Tej is not greeting the dogs at the door. And then also the dog does not meet everyone. If it's a big party, sometimes you even have him put away. If things yeah. are really yeah. hectic, sometimes yeah. he's put away. Th- that's and he's a quiet good rule for any, any companion animal. Yeah. If people are afraid of dogs, they shouldn't, that dog shouldn't be going up and, you know, getting in their space, creating... Uh, an uncomfortable situation. Even though the dog may be friendly, the person is stressed. The people, the dog picks up that this person is not giving me some good vibes here. I'm not sure what's up, you know. And I, under general rule, maybe four or five times in the last 11 years, I have made children interact. Okay. Uh, Children, smaller uh, kids, I do not allow my dog to interact with them because you never know. They will pull the ear or pull the tail and the dog will say, oh, why? Why the why the hell they are pulling my tail and <laughs> and growl or do something? Then there is a issue down there because we don't want a child to get scarred or a dog to bite something yeah. out of just Stress. say you, you pull yeah. my uh, yeah. tail. So I am going. So to what nail. children has he met? 
So, I mean, he has met some uh, children uh, on, the, on the street if they ask me and then I tell them what to pet. Like uh, I hold him and they will pet the back, not yep. pull the tail. Yep. No, not pull the ear. And uh, yes, uh, some of my neighbors. Uh, and obviously, children. you can see that the kids are mature enough to yeah. take direction and yeah, listen yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Is... Uh, no, no, it, it won't be a three or four year yeah, old yeah, kid yeah. that's uh, coming on a red bicycle and yeah. uh, or a tricycle and screaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, screaming. No, no, that's <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah. That's never will. It will never happen. All right. Well, let's show um, some video of our Teji because we decided we want to have Shri on the podcast a few months ago, and this was a. Quick interaction we had over at his house, and then Tej was in for boarding um, last another month. Another one of before. another one of Shree's parties. Yeah, <laughs> no, this was just us. We just okay. got us over, but um, just so you can. What do you mean the food? Here. Like Are you food, a good boy? I know that they will never give me anything that is bad. <clears throat> well, not at Su Chang's. Yeah. Come here, lay down. <laughs> Good boy, Tish. Those are our snacks. <laughs> Good boy. You happy? You happy? So he's a very social dog, you know. I mean, when Scott and I get there, he wants to get off his bed just because he's known us also for 11 years. I mean, he's known us since he was a wee puppy. Scott and um, Shri were in my puppy class that I was teaching with Tej and Jimmy. You know, I mean, we go way, way back. So, you know, when we get to the house, whether there's a lot of people or there's just us coming, he's very excited to see us. And then for boarding, he's crawling out of our skin. He wants to, you know, he's crawling out of his skin. He wants to see Scott if he's out. He, he really likes us. We have a very close social bond with this dog. And it's important just to show you that, you know, these working dogs, they can be very intimidating. They may not be great with strangers on the street. But, you know, they, a lot of them are softies at heart. And he really, he has a good heart. He's a good-hearted dog. Yeah. And another thing I must uh, tell you, I never actually crate him uh, after three years. He's, oh, really? He had, a f he had okay. been a uh, full range of the house Loose. when I leave okay. uh, the house. And he has never tore so a single... So you just have the crate out to store stuff on. <laughs> you still have yeah, it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, crate is, again, I use that as a control mechanism. As management. A management mechanism okay. when people are coming mm -hmm. or... He he doesn't like a uh, worksman comes to the home and a contractor contractor yeah, and yeah. trying to or the cleaning ladies are coming yeah, so yeah, he yeah. goes to crate I, there is no reason for him to say hello to a cleaning lady crew. especially if you're at work yeah but yeah yeah and so so those are the type situation where the management is absolutely essential because you don't want to make a mistake where um, things can go out of control was he ever destructive in the home nope never. Even he doesn't steal his own cookies. So, so I mean, again, again in French ring, there's the food refusal yep. training. I think that played a huge role. And he loves his cookies, but he will never steal. Yeah. Not even one time. Yeah. Well, you've done a great job with him, too. So talk a little bit, because, you know, Shri has, you know, dated various women over the years. There was one relationship that you had where he was a little forward with the woman, right? Like you yep. had a little bit of trouble there. Um, so talk a little bit about him and how he's played a role in interacting with, you know, Twee and other people in your it's life. A, it's and a great way to evaluate dates, too. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't get along, they don't get along with a dog. They hit the road. I, I think he has a good nag about people. And uh, some people, he will be a little bit... Um, pushy. Pushy. Some people, yeah. he will let uh, things unfold in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, so I think he has he figures out much faster than me for sure. <laughs> I, I should take him 
on my next dating trip to oh your first date yeah <laughs> figure out what it is all about this is right? my service dog yeah <laughs> and then what about with your daughter because she um had a stint where she was living overseas for a while but she's back home so how does that work because she handles him sometimes and even watches him sometimes. yeah i think my daughter uh, handles almost 50 percent of the time now which and, is a lot yeah because and and with her the relationship is very different um they are just uh, like good buddies, good friends. Uh, and uh, he does take a little advantage of many time to just make his, make his own way rather than waiting for her. Yeah. But overall, it's a very harmonious relationship. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, he goes with her um, for walks, miles and miles of walks, and he doesn't do anything naughty. Yeah, uh, he's not pulling her down. On no, the not pulling her down. Like nothing, yeah. nothing like that. Well, and, and it's probably nice companionship for her also. Absolutely, she's home absolutely. Her dissertation, and you know, Shri's uh, you know at bio labs every day, all day, and you know, it's nice to have some companionship. Yeah, and and she even managed to put um, ornaments on him now. So, <laughs> so, so we have Christmas dress, uh, dress up, dress up, uh, Yeah, Christmas thing when uh, he will be completely decorated with uh, beeps and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, I mean, it, it's hilarious sometimes. I don't know how he allows uh, her to do all these things, but uh, the pictures comes to my cell phone. Okay, he's... Here he is dressed he, up he is as dressed a Christmas up tree. Yeah. As a, some kind of uh, ca- cartoon character. Light tree cigar again at Port no. Shree. I'm distracted him with champagne. How was your first cigar? I want to touch on this a little bit because um, I got you going now with the fine champagne too, but you've never in your whole life smoked a cigar? Uh, no. No, okay. I, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I have uh, I seen think, uh, I, I have seen a lot of cigar, and uh, I think he is intentionally letting it go out. <laughs> no, no, I just have him talking, and he's drinking the champagne, and there's so a lot you, going on. So you do on. have to kind of nurse a cigar along to keep it burning. I know. I, I have him splitting his attention. Well, I'm just now. explaining in case, unlike a cigarette that will burn right down to the butt if you don't smoke it. Oh boy, this uh, tobacco will put itself out if you stop drawing on it. No, this so time. tell me a little bit about this, because you guys went over to Dave's office to light this up to begin with. And let me have a puff of yours, hon, because I don't know if I've had this one. I had the lighter one when I tried the 30th anniversary. So what is it like? What is this cigar like for you? Do you enjoy the taste? What is it like? See, I come from a wine background, basically. Uh-huh. I have a uh, uh, lot, lot, lot of certification. <laughs> so uh, from Boston University, I had the, all the level of certification in wine up to the highest level. Then yeah. I have the international... Uh, wine and Spirit Education uh, Trust diploma, only one exam to go, then I will have the diploma that works all over the world. Yeah. And to give, so, just to put that in perspective, how many people have in New England have that last level of certification? Oh, probably not more than 10. Yeah. yeah max. So, uh, so uh, it's um, not like uh, doing an online course in wine <laughs> tasting. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so when you test wines, see, you've tried to get the flavor profile. Yeah. And when I had this cigar today, I just saw a lot of flavor profiles are very similar. You get that tar, you get that violet flower, yep. you get that earthy, earthy taste. It's like an old-aged wine. Yeah. And, oh, my God. I mean, I, I was just surprised that how all this nice cigar, nice wine, and uh, probably there are many other nice things, nice whiskey uh, or cognac, yeah. they all have distinct flavor profile yeah and you can actually encap- cap- capture that and mix and match i think the champagne and cigar is a great yeah, um, yeah. well it's a, it's a high quality champagne no it's interesting though once you're honing in your flavor profile it's funny one of um 
the guys whose general manager is down here came in before they came back. And he's like, oh, my God, this guy, we're just eating him up. He's never smoked a cigar before. He's calling out all the flavor profiles. But the more that you kind of discern your palate, the more it can transcend across all things. So I think it's fascinating how it's working for you with the cigar smoking, just like it does with the drinking. Uh, you know, this again, enjoying all the fine stuff. Again, going back to the dog. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I, wanted over to, I wanted to enjoy yeah. When people say you can't, this is not doable, I want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Working dog, Malanwa, can't be a family pet. Who said? Yeah. You have to have the right things. Yeah. And the same thing with cigar. I mean, if you want to do something, enjoy it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> live, live life. All right. So, Shri, I, I got a question here. So, Scott, you have known Scott for a long time. You know Scott very intimately. Um. What what did you think when you first met him? How has your perception of him changed? Like where where where's your head at? I've advanced Scott? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the fact that let he's bulked up muscularly. Up quick. Yeah, I, I spilled cigar ash all over Sri. We're making many faux pas up here today. We'll so, clean before we leave, Chrissy. I promise. <laughs> so I, I think the most uh, when initially I met Scott, I don't think he took me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he probably thought this guy is another loser who comes with a. With a tag of, oh, I want to have this tough dog to look tough. Mm. No, I don't want to look tough. <laughs> I want to do it. Mm-hmm. This is what I love to do. Yeah. It. I want to challenge myself. Yeah. And it took, honestly, a few <laughs> months, <laughs> if not years. <laughs> we, we grew on each other. <laughs> of dwindle, dwindling them down. Yeah. No, well, that's true. Scott is the first one to brush someone off when they want to go on this working dog journey. And he admittedly said that early on. Like, it, this isn't for everyone, and you were persistent. So at first, he was like, you're not serious. I don't know what's going on, everything else. How did that evolve over time for well, you? He told that. Why do you want to get a dog? He will bite everybody. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> especially that breed of dog? Yeah. No, well, training a dog to bite and to bite well, to hold on, full bite, <laughs> and that's genetically what they're bred to do. So that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> you, you actually know? warned me so many times. You are dissuading me every <laughs> single time. And you that, have most likely forgotten that. And Shree Spirit, he still brought that puppy home and he still went into French ring practice. Okay, so Scott brushed you off for a bit. Um, and well, I was coming... impressed at how often he came without a puppy. Yes, that's true. You, you were know? committed. And you came to Gemini, I think, at that point. Yeah. We, we were training in Gemini. And you, at that point, Scott was working the father um, of this litter and a bunch of other dogs. He was working way too many dogs um, on Friday nights back in that point in our relationship. And then how did that relationship and that dynamic evolve over time for you? I, I think Scott is like a, yeah, I will say, I will read my wine analogy. <laughs> our relationship... Sour. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not really. Because that, that, that is, that's oxidized wine. Uh, <laughs> wine that is not kept properly. <laughs> I, I, that might describe Scott. <laughs> I mean, for you, maybe, not for me. Uh, it's, it's, uh, so I think Scott was very cold in the beginning, mm-hmm. very restrained, mm-hmm. flavor profile. Okay. And with time, we can f- see the genuine Scott. Yep. He, as soon as I think he realized that I'm not giving up, yep. he said, okay, damn, another <laughs> pain in the ass. I got to accept. <laughs> I have to take this guy and he's not giving up, so I better keep my reputation better. Yeah. So he actually got into the, um, loop and we we did a lot of things together and over years I realized he's actually not that tough badass <laughs> he's a softy considerate <clears throat> nice person yeah. and and uh, and I respect I second that, that. 
I respected that. He softened up a lot over years. And after seeing you with him, I think my respect even went yeah. a little bit higher. We have one friend. We'll have her on the podcast someday. She says, I mean, he never smiled. I, I never saw him smile. He was just grimacing all the time. And then he met you and then he smiled. But, you know, Scott, that's true. He has a tough exterior. And especially when it comes to the working dog stuff, he kind of puts on a front. But, I mean, we very quickly became pretty close, I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I think because we are all hardworking people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have the same philosophy in life. We take things by the horn, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take the bull by the horn yep. type of people. And it, it worked very well. And also there was a lot of um, uh, trust between all of us. Yeah. I think once we crossed that threshold of not trusting to trusting yep. uh, the, or... I won't say not trusting. Uh, what is this guy who has never had a dog in his entire life? Yeah, just uh, the unknown. And, and suddenly kid. going for a dog that has prone to bite. Yeah. Because they're genetically bred to bite to someone. He, I mean, I have to prove to him, honestly. I, I, it's Did like, it for Scott. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that was probably the hardest part is that to get Scott's confidence that yeah. this guy can handle this. Yeah. And after that, everything was easy. Yeah, you did it. And that's true. There was a mutual trust there. I mean, I handled Tej many times at practice, and there, there, there was just this mutual understanding. And we've known Tej for 11 years now. We've seen him pretty regularly throughout his whole life. So he's getting older. What are your favorite qualities about him? I mean, I know he's been the dog of your dreams, but what, what specific qualities do you enjoy most about Tej? I think he, he, he's not a good dog that's going to kiss you. Yeah. He has never kissed anybody. Okay. But... He will come like a kitty cat. Yeah. And he actually tells nowadays when he wants to be petted or when he will demand affection in the, at nine o'clock in the evening. He, at a particular couch, he will go and wait down there for someone to come. Yeah. Otherwise, he's looking at you or he will come back again to your, wherever you are, then go back to the couch. <laughs> tell that it's time for a little Touch Love fest, yeah. 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 So he's basically running the show now. <laughs> no, 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 no. He only runs the show when he wants to get affection. Okay. And that's like every, isn't, I think it's probably a habit now. Um, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, he will have this. It doesn't nice sound like a bad routine to me. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like right up Scott's alley. He likes a dog that cares, but not too much. That's why he like Bam. And the listeners who uh, who probably don't don't know, when you pet a dog, you produce a lot of feel good hormone in your body and the dog's body and the dog's body. So it become a cyclical mechanism. You pet the dog, the dog feels good, and then you feel good. You pet a little bit more. It's called oxytocin. Uh, hormone. And that can become and, an unhealthy... No, it's actually healthy for your mental health. Your but I blood mean, if, pressure you're, if you're always doing this... No, not so. always. Yeah. I'm you go talking, from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, no. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell is that everything in moderation is a good bonding process. Yeah. You pet your dog, you treat your dog, then you do the exercise with the dog. You tell the dog to do something. And honestly, I never do anything for free with him. He yeah. has to do something to get something. Yeah, I will attest to this. Even to eat his dinner, he still has to sit or do positions. The poor so thing. You've, at been, you've enslaved the dog, is what you're telling <laughs> me. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> you know, Jess does this to me. I'm sitting on the couch. She comes over. 
Will you hold my hand? I tell her no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the affection part. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. I need some space. I was going to say, what do you do for me to get your hummus and your carrots brought to you? All right, Tani, tell me about your journey with Shri. Um, what does that look like from your perspective? Um, not even based on what he said here today, but what do you remember looking back on things? Well, he's very committed, very dedicated. He was always, always showing up whenever there was an opportunity for training. He'd be there with his dog. He had all the gear, he had all the tools, he had the best, he had the toys, he, whatever we told him to get, he would get it uh, without question. We'd tell him, get this type of collar, get that, he'd have what he needed. And uh, he definitely, always, you were always giving it your best. And that, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, the best isn't good enough typically because you don't know what you're doing. But you're there and you're trying and you, that's where you're working it out. You're learning these techniques, all these little techniques that, that um, experienced dog handlers have take time to improve. It's always an improving thing. Yeah, especially how, when how you're you not handle a leash, crossing you... over from one sport to another. It's not like Shri, yeah. you know, was doing agility or competitive obedience and then did French ring. Like he jumped in hook, line, and sinker, one of the most difficult breeds, one of the most difficult dog sports. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I have perfected anything. My handling is is average at best as far as I, how I consider it. Cause I'm looking at, I'm always looking at people that are better than me. I've always, when I was training my dog, when I was just starting out like Shri did when he came with that puppy, I was trying to find people that were very good that I could learn from. And I did the same thing Shri did. I was going to clubs without a dog and I would be, I'd ask the training director, could I go out on the field and walk with you and, and listen to what he was saying to the handlers so that I could pick up things. And a lot of people go to these clubs and as soon as they work their own dog, they're just gossiping on the sidelines. Yeah, they could or care less. Through their phone. They don't yeah. care what anybody else is doing. They're just there for them yeah. and their dog. And uh, quite often those are more experienced people like they, or yeah. they feel they're more experienced and they don't feel there's anything they can gain from watching a new person with their dog. But everybody that's out there, whether they're very experienced or first-time handlers, there's always stuff to learn. There's always things you can pick up by watching them and how they interact with their dog. Even if they're doing everything wrong, that is a great learning opportunity. You see, oh, oh, that didn't work. Uh, I'm not going to do that with my dog. Yeah, when Shree showed up to train, he was there for training. And I want to add, you know, I I think both of you kind of have become good friends. You have big egos in different areas of your life. No, you do. But your ego never intersected with dogs. No. And I, I, that is such a nice thing to see from a dog training perspective, because sometimes it is humbling, right? The dog's making you look like an idiot and like, you know, and all of this. And Shri was so good about being very conscious of like, okay, I'm going to keep my cool. I'm going to focus on this no matter what it looks like in the science lab or in his wine classes or anywhere, anywhere else in his life. His ego never intersected with the dog training, which is a rare find because that's normally what gets hurt first in dogs is your ego. And a lot of times people with that big ego will take out their frustration on the dog, yeah. Yeah. which is not helping anybody. It's mm-hmm. not good for the dog. Yeah, it's not, it's good, for, it's not good for anybody crazy. watching it. Yeah. You know, everyone feels uneasy because yeah. the person's being a little too hard on their dog because they're frustrated, you know? Yeah. So it's, you got to kind of keep your ego in check and uh, be sometimes be a little bit more thinking on the technical side than the emotional side with yeah. everything, you know? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think uh, once you make mistake, couple of mistakes, you learn more. <laughs> Without making mistake, you will never learn anyway. Yeah, that's why I've learned yeah. so much. And, 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 the, and the good thing about Scott is that 
I, I never, occasionally I might have asked you a question, uh, but generally I was trying to soak up a lot. And that's why I used to watch very carefully who is making where mistakes so that I don't make. <laughs> Otherwise, I will get whipped. <laughs> he wasn't that hard, but he, no, he, when it, he worked a, 18 dogs a day, it was it, a thing. It's a conscious decision you <laughs> yeah, make. No, it is, yeah. If you want to be good somewhere, you will make mistakes. Yeah. And then you have to eat that humble pie and do not make the same damn mistake again. Yeah. Otherwise, you are an idiot. And don't take it out on your dog. All right. No. So the last thing I want here is for this podcast to be, you know, coercing any pet dog people to want to get a working dog. So just tell us in your own words um, why you chose this path and why it's not the path for everyone to choose, if that makes sense, that question. Dedication and commitment and your desire to succeed. Some people want to do skydiving, for example, but if they make a mistake, they'll be dead, mm -hmm. okay? So I take anything I do in my life, I take to the highest level, and I want to put all of my dedication to that. And it so happened, I have the right people, I have the right breeder, I have the right dog. That's why I'm today so happy. I, for a million, you can't buy my dog by giving me anything. <laughs> He, he is not to be sold. He ever. loves his dog more than anything. Uh, yeah, period. I mean, if you need a dog, I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think when all the stars are aligned properly, I had the best dog. And honestly, that dog has taught me a lot more in my life. I'm a better person because of him. I'm a better leader because of him. Better scientist because of him. True. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. The dogs teach you so many things that you will never be able to teach yourself. Mm -hmm. Human don't teach you that. Yeah, well, they're a mirror. They're a, they're a self-reflection in a yeah. certain sense. And, and I truly believe that you guys had a huge amount of things that you have done for me. This is not to, again, borrow you up. And without you both, probably... I would have been just a mediocre. Well, we don't we don't even have to think that. Shri is honestly, he's like family to us. We go over for Christmas. Um, we've celebrated many holidays with Shri. We're very grateful to have him on the podcast. We've known him a long time. We've known him, we'll know him forever. He is he's very important in our lives. So Un unless something happens to me. <laughs> and I I, I I I get kicked out or uh, I fall 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 unless from he the takes sky. Up skydiving. <laughs> when, when we stop getting the Christmas invitation to the party, we'll know something happened. Right? <laughs> oh, you are getting Getting an it's invitation. the neighbors and well, it's the dog trainers. That's who comes. All right. Any closing thoughts, honey? Anything I missed? Well, I will say that, you know, you definitely had a, your commitment to the dog, I think, was stronger than to the sport. And I really appreciate that. Because when I got involved in French Ring, I was committed to the sport before I had a dog. I Like I was putting on the suit and I was getting, uh, doing the, you know, receiving bites and trying to learn from that end of it before I was a handler. And then, and I saw the good dogs, and I saw the dogs that had issues that were weak or confidence issues, but I didn't know anything. And uh, the person, the, the club that I was training with in the beginning, uh, some of these people that I trained with were saying, oh, the dog is no good, you need to get, to, not to me, but to other people, that dog is no good, you need to get another dog. And of course, they had the perfect puppy yeah, for them. That's they Scott were had selling to pay dogs. money to get, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I first got involved, I had a few puppies that they weren't biting, they weren't advancing the way the training director where I was going felt that they should be training. And they're like, well, you, you need to trade this puppy out. This isn't the right puppy for you. And I did it. I, gave, I would spend good money on a puppy. I would rehome the puppy to a good home where I found someone that wanted to work with this dog that wasn't biting. And um, 
because I wasn't committed to the to the animal. And uh, I, in retrospect, I don't feel that was the right, typically the right way to go because a lot of dogs are these puppies are slower to mature and they do develop uh, what's needed a little bit later down the road, not necessarily right out of the gate. And um, I don't think that you would have if if Tej, we said we don't think he has what it takes. You weren't going to say, okay, I'm going to send him back to the breeder and get another puppy. You were committed to him. Yeah. And I appreciate that because what I did learn from that, those, that first year or two and then moving and then working with Adrian, who's a good friend of mine in California, who had people coming to him with these weaker dogs, he'd say, let's just keep working. Let's just yeah. keep working. And there yeah. were dogs there that I saw turn around. Now, it was a lot of work. But dogs that seemed like it was hopeless that went on to compete did okay. They weren't working at the highest level, but they were able to go out there and work at the lower levels and legitimately compete with these dogs. And the people were so happy. And so I had that attitude that, you know, let's just keep working. If, if, a, if a dog isn't, isn't showing a lot of what's needed, let's keep nursing it along and see, not to keep people coming, because I could care less if people ever came. I, I'd rather work with the dogs than the people. But just sticking, sticking it out with the dog that you got, knowing I got the dog from a breeder I like, I like the parents, we're going to make this work. And we made, and it wasn't just a smooth sailing. The puppy was no, difficult. No, not at all. And we got and, no. when he was little. He was a pain in the ass. And I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I have tears. I've welled before on the podcast, but I've never actually cried. But you and uh, Sri committed to the dogs at the same time. Yeah. Like Jimmy and Tej, like it was about the dogs. It wasn't about the sport. It wasn't about anything else. And that was the first time in Scott's life that he kind of had a dog for, for him, like for, for, to have a dog. It wasn't and just sport. It was yeah, my it was, companion. It was his best friend. And that's I wanted the same to have journey a dog, that Shree went on. I wanted to have a dog like Shree had. <laughs> I wanted to have a dog I could go do bite work with, compete with, but he was like a, a family companion. Yeah. And I wound up getting these dogs that were so strong that they just didn't do well being loose in the house. Having both, yeah. They, just, yeah. they, they were great on the field. But they just were so intense that they were problematic to just let them hang out. And um, when I got Jimmy a Border Collie, I thought, oh, I'll try to do some bite work with him. He's not bred for that, but he, li- he does like to bite, so we'll mess around with that. But I was totally committed to him as a companion. So I worked with him to a certain point, and I felt that continuing to do the bite sports with him was detrimental to him. I decided we're not going to do this anymore. And I've had a great, great 10, 11 years with that dog yeah. and still do, you know? So it's, it's about the relationship with the dog for me, sometimes over and above whatever activity I thought I was going to be doing. With or whatever title you're going to get or yeah. anything else. Shri, any closing thoughts here? Well, I, I think uh, everything is possible on the planet. <laughs> it, as long as you put the right amount of time and you have the right people to train your dog. And having a dog is essentially not your child, not a, not your child, but it takes a lot of dedicated work to train and assimilate the dog to your family and to your friends. And as long as you do it, no dog is difficult. No dog is going to be a problem. 
Yeah. And you're not able to put kids in crates these days either. So. <laughs> and Shreet did his work on the front end. He got a dog from a reputable breeder, not a rescue. Shreet, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for the last decade. Literally, we will know Shreet forever. When he walked into the podcast studio, I was like, meet our friend Chrissy. This is our friend Shreet. We brought him right back to meet Dave. We um, absolutely positively love Shreet. We consider him like a family member. Him and his daughter Twee have been a very important part of our lives. And we love Teji too. So we just wanted to impart what owning a working dog and, you know, raising it and kind of owning it as a companion most of its life could look like for some people. And for some people, it works out great. But Tree certainly put in the due diligence and he is above and beyond most of society. I'll give you that. Thank you both for being a wonderful partner in my life and with Tay's life. And I'll be always thankful for that yeah. because what Tay's has got to my life is... I can't even describe. He taught him to be a better human. What, what, exactly. what, better, what better credence could you give a dog? <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to check out Sustenance Herbs this week. It is Quirky 10. It's only for a week. They have some of the best freaking products on the planet. The link will be in the description. Thank you once again to Sriharsa, our good friend. Cheers. And happy holidays. Cheers. First cigar. Happy holidays to all. Happy Decembers. And keep it quirky, guys. Keep it quirky. <laughs> <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.